a new track today For my boy Mal Griff Entertainment Ryan This track is so crazy I'm dancing in the studio Let's go. All right, let's go. Episode 7, The Idea of Manhood. Thank you for tuning in. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I got enemies. Got a lot of enemies. Got a lot of people try to drain me of this energy. What's up? It's the Idea of Manhood episode, Siete, episode seven. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Five, Mike's husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Episode seven, seven weeks of this, folks. It feels like I just started yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I still have great energy. This doesn't even feel like work. This feels like just, it's just really passionate of mine. I'm so glad that you all are tuned in. Uh, to this the idea of manhood if you're new to this if you're listening first and then going back if you listen to the last episode and working backwards this is just a conversation it's a platform to talk about issues facing um you know facing men but facing everybody you know and and looking at things in a different perspective you know taking your traditional thoughts and flipping them on their head a little bit when it relates to issues about manhood and being men so i'm really thankful that you're tuned in today. Uh, you know, as I'm recording my podcast, I always have the TV on in the background. And right now, everything on TV is about the Pope. Um, if you're not familiar, the Pope is visiting the United States, if you're living under a rock. And right now, he's in uh, Washington, D.C., which is about 20 minutes away from where I am right now. And um, I will say, you know, I'm not Catholic, um, but there... You know, I'm always looking at how we can uh, look at public figures and figures, you know, people in pop culture and just, you know, famous people and looking at how they re- re- interact, how they interact and how they react to the people around them. There's lessons in that, right? We've seen so many examples of, of people that we put on pedestals, you know, behaving ridiculously in public. Um, and of course, we talk about that, and you know, for some, whatever reason, we still idolize those people. I'm looking at the Pope right now as I speak. I'm looking at him on TV, and he's, you know, the the care in which he appears. You know, I'm not there, but of course, but the care in which he appears to be using when he's, you know, talking to people and shaking hands and hopped out his Fiat <laughs> and and went to the to the line of people and hugging babies and just i know that's the role of the pope in general but the way in which he's doing it just seems very genuine and seem you know he just seems like he's taking time to interact and be present with each and every situation now that is something that we can definitely take into our daily lives you know that is something that we can all utilize, you know, thinking about every moment, every interaction that we have being present in that moment. You know, I'm looking at people on the sidelines and there are people that are in the face of the Pope, the leader of the 
Catholic Church, one of the most, you know, one of the most iconic figures in all culture. And they are so focused on their phones that I'm like, why can't you be in that moment and just rely upon your memory to, 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 to take in that moment, you know? They're taking selfies and they got the thing flipped around. The security is tough. Put your phone down, you know? And I'm like, come on, just be in the moment. And I, and I really appreciate how he seems to be, you know, there one-on-one with people and the care in which he's doing it seems to be really awesome. So that's a great example. Thank you for tuning in. That was my little introduction. I, I just, I had to take a moment and just address that because I think it's really a positive example of how we should relate to people. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about the I'm Tired moment is uh is empire okay we're gonna talk about empire uh episode from last night season two episode one we're gonna talk about that uh we're gonna talk about the hip-hop moment what a time to be alive drake future you know it we're gonna talk about that and then our last segment will be uh boys will be boys <laughs> oh <Oh-ho. laughs> as my dad would say um So thank you for tuning in, episode 7, and we'll be right back. Hold on. And we're busy. Okay. I'm tired. I'm tired of Empire, y'all. You know? Uh, I'm tired of Empire. For those that don't know, again, if you're still building a a house under that rock, uh, Empire is a show that comes on Fox, um, directed by Lee Daniels, um, starring... Uh, Terrence Howard, um, Taraji P. Henson, and a gaggle of other B-list celebrities. Anyhow, um, I'm not mad. Uh, Empire somehow became this thing. It became a, uh, a moment. It became a vibe. It became, like, everything. And, 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 you know, regardless of how poorly acted it is, regardless of you know, the ridiculous storylines and the soap opera-like twists, it's become extremely popular. And, you know, I knew that once it became popular, that they, uh, when I say they, like just the media, would pick up on it and, and, and run with it. You know, and that's exactly what happened, you know. Terrence Howard and, and, and Taraji were on everything. You know, Empire was everywhere to the point where the people that are on the show, the actors that are not really singers, can't really sing that well, started to become popular in the music scene because the show is about music. So, of course, they must be really talented, even though from my ears and eyes, they don't, they, not really. So, um, but that's not what I'm tired about. I'm tired about last night's episode. The first episode of season two, you know, the most watched episode ever. People are tuned in. Now they're having listening parties, watching parties all over the world. They're selling tickets to go to watch this event. It's like the Super Bowl for trash TV, right? Um, and so the episode starts, and I reluctantly watch... You know, my wife watches it, and it's not really my type of show. 
I mean, not that I'm not above it. I watch all sorts of trash TV. Hey, I listen to trash music sometimes. That just has no value, but the beat is cool. So, you know, Empire is the version of Trinidad James. Hip-hop, uh, hip-hop, um, it's a hip-hop thing that if you don't know it, it probably makes no sense. But let me think of another example that everyone can relate to. Empire is the television version of Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, the television version of, I don't know, I can't think of it, LMFAO, you know, popular, it's good for the club, you want to take shots, 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 you turn this song on, and it'll get you there, alright, Empire is the TV version of that, um, you know, and I just, I don't take it seriously, but I know a lot of people do. Like, a lot of people, like, don't call me, don't talk to me about Empire. I can't tell, you know. People are, you know, taking a very serious relationship with this show. Uh, last night, the, the first 10 minutes of the show, I was done. Like, I I was just so disgusted because last night's show, the main character, Terrence Howard, and his widow's peak were in jail for a crime that he actually did commit on the show. Okay, he killed someone on the show, and he's in jail on the show. Um, and the opening scenes are a, a a pep rally, a concert, whatever you want to call it, of people screaming out "Free Lucius," which is the characters, which is ridiculously the character. You see, there's so many things, people. They're having a Free Lucius concert. For Lucius committing a crime he actually did commit. They have people in the crowd with signs up that say, hands up, don't shoot. With, you know, and there's a whole soliloquy about incarceration. And, you know, that they incarcerate black people at a rate more so than any other race, so on and so forth. Which are all true things, but why? Why, Lee Daniels, why? Do you have to connect Empire with such an important movement? Why, Lord, why? I, I, I cannot believe that a series of writers and producers and executive producers and directors watched this several times and thought this was okay. I, it just, it just really infuriated me. Like, I cannot believe that everybody thought this was cool. I'm tired of that. Lee Daniels, whoever else is responsible, uh, Terrence Howard and his peak, uh, they had Taraji P. Henson in a gorilla suit in a prison scene being dangled from a wire and coming down onto the step. Like, are you serious, my dudes? This is what the... Uh, you know, Black Lives Matter has received, like, the movement has received so much criticism for various reasons. And then you connect it to a show like Empire representing a person that committed a crime that is in jail for committing a crime. It was just messy. I really thought it was messy. And I really think that, uh, you know, I think that Lee Daniels, you lost one with this one.
you lost a lot of people with it. Uh, and then, and then you got Terrence P- Terrence Howard, who 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 has been accused of domestic violence. Then Lee Daniel is is defending this guy and saying, "Hey, if if if, if Sam if Sean Penn can do it, if if X Y Z can do it, then." Terrence Howard could do it. This is racism that people are so hard on Terrence Howard, but not hard on Sean Penn. Really? I wish you all could see my face and how I'm looking at this microphone that I'm speaking into. Really, Lee Daniels? That's what? So you're saying, hey, if white guys beat their wives, then black black guys can beat their wives too. Equal opportunity. Black lives matter. Shut, man. Man, look, man. Anyhow, that's what I'm tired of. That took so much energy for me to talk about because I hate everything about it. Um, but, all right, we're going to go in next to the Hip Hop Minute. Let me get myself together. I I, I need a drink. Uh, hold tight. I'll be right back. The episode of Man... Uh, the Idea of Manhood, episode 7, 5 Mice. Hold tight. You got Chris Rock playing a gangster, my dude. That, that is so. So you want me to believe that Chris Rock is a killer? Come, come on, man. You're just doing this for the ratings, dude. You know, don't don't try to make any social statements using Empire. Just make your little wax show with your wax singers and your wax storyline, and 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 just keep it. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Um. Okay, that that makes that, I'm, that that's I'm tired of that. Okay, hip hop minute. Yo, switching subjects. We don't have transitions. We just going. Um. What a what a what a what a day to be alive, huh? If you haven't heard the hip hop minute, if you haven't heard, uh, Drake and Future released a mixtape this week, uh, called "What a Time to Be Alive," um, and the build up to this mixtape, unfortunately. Was hotter than the mixtape. Uh, I'm sorry. I I posted a, a, a thing online. I had a whole lot of conversation with my boys online about this mixtape. You know, before I heard it, I was like, "Yo, this is it. This is gonna be a moment in hip hop. These are the two biggest, the two biggest names right now in hip hop. This is gonna be crazy." Unfortunately, I was wrong. I'm never afraid to say I was wrong. I was wrong. The mixtape was trash. I, I, okay, okay. Let me stop. I'm not going to be completely dismissive of it, but the mixtape didn't live up to the hype. There are probably two songs that I would rock with, two songs that I'd put on my workout playlist, two songs that I'd nod my head to silently, you know. Um, but the rest of the mixtape sounded like throwaway tracks from their other mixtapes. So Drake released the, if you're reading this, is too late in February, January, and, and what's your boy's name? Future released his Dirty Sprite 2 mixtape a couple months ago, and this sounded like throwaway tracks. Now, I'm still standing by the fact that Drake is the hottest thing in hip-hop right now. He is he is hip-hop right now. He hasn't taken an L in three or four years. Uh, his bars, his, his lines are still up there. Uh, I think that right now he's experimenting with a few different sounds. Uh, I think he's experimenting with... Um, some 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 of his built up frustrations in the industry and how people portray him and he's acting out a little bit you know he's he's talking tough right now and that's okay 
Future can't rap worth the lick, but um, he is that vibe right now. Like Future is that 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 guy. He's that underground guy that people love. You hear Future in the club, it's a rap. He is that underground movement that people are connecting with, which is cool. I remember, you know, being 21, 25, liking music that, you know, just was a vibe. Like, you know, they didn't have much talent, but when it came on, you knew what was up. So, uh, what a time to be alive. Uh, I'd give it a C minus as an album, maybe a D plus. It might not be passing. Um, no one talked about this, including myself, I don't think. On this podcast a few weeks ago, I told you about Travis Scott and his album. And his uh, a, a tremendous album. I think it's really good. Well-produced, good lyrics. Uh, also a feel-good album. Um, but I did not talk about the Scarface album. You know, Scarface from the Ghetto Boys uh, in, the, in the 90s. My mind playing tricks on me, all that stuff. Uh, Scarface released a new album called Deeply Rooted, and it is fantastic. Good beats, uh, simple rhyme patterns, you know, nothing really too elaborate. Just him speaking as an older as an older guy, uh, mature topics, um, just fantastic. I thought it was a great album, and I didn't talk about it, and no one else is talking about it. And you gotta let go listen to that right now. Scarface, Deeply Rooted. Find what a time to be alive by Drake and Future, and, and don't don't pay for it. Download it for free. Something. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about is the anticipation of what could be a phenomenal connection. Um, uh, J Cole and K Dot Kendrick Lamar are uh, supposedly working on and have maybe completed a mixtape. Um, supposedly narrated by Dave Chappelle. Now, if this happens, if this happens, it's a problem, big time, because those two coming together, J. Cole and Kendrick, probably the two dopest lyricists and the two most conscious MCs right now uh, in the game, at least popularly conscious MCs right now, are uh, that would be truly uh, uh, something to reckon with and a force for them to come together. So I hope that really does happen. Uh, but yeah, that's your The Hip Hop Minute. Went a little bit longer than a minute, but uh, all right. We're going to come back and talk about how boys will be boys and hold tight. I can't stand the rain. Okay, listen. Um, let me tell you a story, okay? Let me tell you a quick story. So... When I was a junior in high school, I went to I, I went to a new school. Shout out to Mount Vernon High School, Alexandria, Virginia, the Mount Vernon majors. All right. So I went to this new school and in the summer, my mom took me to the school and, and signed me up for marching band. Now, I wanted nothing to do with the marching band. All right. It's like I wanted to do it, but I didn't because I was new at the school. And I didn't feel like that was the best way to introduce myself to the school. <clears throat> so. I went to the band, met with Mr. Elgin, who was a new band director at the time. Shout out to Mr. Elgin. Um, and, you know, I didn't want to do it. And my mom said, you're going to do this. You you play an instrument. I just wanted to be in the in the concert band, in the symphonic band. But my mom made me do it. So long story short, it was the best decision in my life. It was the best decision that my mom made for me in my life. Um... 
I, I still now have lifelong friends from that marching band. And through that marching band, I ended up going to James Madison University to be in the marching band in college. And it was just a great transition. And, and you know, it was just awesome. And so uh, being in the marching band, I, I was new to the whole situation. And I was, I was the new guy. And, um, you know, we, we, we had our first show. And after the first show, you know, it's like you're hyped up. Now, this marching band, you know, it's not like marching bands you might think about. When you think of band, you might think of kids that are soft or whatever, you know, not athletic. Now, now we practice so hard. There's so many times I went home with blood on my mouthpiece to my saxophone. Um, when my feet and my legs and my back were hurting, I needed to get massages and have my knee wrapped up like... It was it was serious. It was as serious of a of a band situation as could be. Like we ran laps. Like it wasn't a joke, um, and we took a lot of pride in that. So after our first show, uh, we were taking off our uniforms. Now we're all a family at this point in time. You know we've been to band camp together, and you know we saw each other blood, sweat, and tears. So we're getting undressed in the band room, taking off our uniform, whatever, and. Um, you know, most people took their uniforms, threw them in a bag, and took them, you know, out. Just took them, threw them somewhere. And so, the way that I was raised, you know, just was natural to me. I took my pants, and I lined the seams up, and I folded it, you know, correctly on the hanger. <laughs> and one of the moms, one of the band booster moms, just happened to see me doing this. And she, like, stopped everything. Everybody! Everybody stop what you're doing. Like, look what Mike just did. So now, of course, I'm embarrassed. It's too much. Look what Mike just did. He hung his pants. He lined up his seams. And I've never seen a young man hang up his pants like this. Ladies, whoever gets this guy is lucky. He's a lucky lady, lucky girl. So everybody was laughing, you know, making fun of me or whatever. But what I noticed in that moment was, what, does everyone not do this? Is it just me? You know what I'm saying? Now, that might have been, I've been all my life, from as far back as I can remember, I've been called soft, right? I've always been a soft quote-unquote kid now let me explain to you what i think people mean when they call me soft right because you know growing up i was a little chubby okay <laughs> i was a chubby kid um and growing up in new york hey you know I, we couldn't go outside and play like in brooklyn like there was no it was no grab it was concrete so you know my mom my grandmother like i didn't get to go outside a whole lot until i left brooklyn Right. And so, like, I just didn't I never wanted to be the one out there tackling and, you know, throwing people down steps and breaking legs. And all. I, I just that just wasn't me. Right. I was the guy taking piano lessons from age four. You know, I was musically gifted. You know, I like to sing. You know, I like music. I like to dance. I liked I was good in school. Right. And what I slowly came to find out is these are all things that people said I was soft because of. You know, like, you know, I, I was soft because I was good in school. I was soft because I'd rather play the piano than throw a football. I was soft because in school I wanted to pay attention in class as opposed to 
you know, act crazy and, and get in trouble. Never got suspended. Always had perfect attendance. Things like that, right? And so, it, it, I started to look back and think, and I'm, you know, preparing for this podcast and talking to people. And, you know, when my son now, who is nine years old, my son, as people would say, is a boy's boy. That's a boy right there. He's the kid jumping from the steps. He's the kid, you know, breaking his knees and, you know, doing crazy stuff, coming in with grass stains, all his eyeballs, like stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I just started to think about, like, how are we raising our boys? And what, what messages are we sending to them about how they relate to other people? And... I think I can say with pretty much, with, with, with a lot of certainty, that we all recognize that the school system right now in the United States, the public school system, I think it's fair to say is designed for girls, all right? The public school system puts a lot of emphasis on behavior and a lot of emphasis on keeping still and not being noticed, right? If you, I've always said, if you can be calm and controlled and control yourself, control your behavior, regardless of what kind of work you do in that class, you can be a straight C student. If you just be quiet, if you just stayed on the radar, if you just were able to handle and manage your emotions and behavior. Um, now, we all know that girls mature at a different rate than boys do. Girls mature faster during those formative school age years than boys do. And um, as a result, what we're seeing is we're seeing girls be more successful in schools than boys. We're seeing girls graduate from high school at a higher rate than boys. We're seeing girls enroll in college and we're seeing girls graduate from college at a higher rate them boys 60 40 and 70 30 at some schools uh so i'm thinking that we might want to reconsider this entire discussion of allowing boys to be boys and that we have to work with our boys to be a little bit more sympathetic to be able to relate to one another a little better. Those were the things that I was called soft for because I could relate and could empathize what it would feel like to be someone else and I would feel that. I felt things differently than other boys that were my age. You know, growing up, if my mom was upset, I was upset. Growing up, if I saw someone homeless on the street, it made me cry. Growing up, I could listen to Donny Hathaway and feel what he was feeling and thinking about. And I was four or five or six years old. So I think that this is just me. Like, this is just my perspective. If you don't agree, please put it in the comments and we can talk about it. But I think that we have to teach our boys to have some more traditionally feminine qualities. Hold up, hold up. Hey, I'm doing the nene. Listen, I know that that's controversial and I know that, you know, 
there's a lot of people that are going to disagree with that. Now, listen, I'm saying traditionally feminine qualities. I'm not saying that we have to teach our boys to be girls. I'm saying that in the United States, in our Western culture, we've applied the, you know, the female, the girl, the woman, uh, you know, status to a lot of things that shouldn't necessarily be labeled as such. And that as men, we would be more eh, empathetic. We would be better to relate to one another if we had some more of these traditionally feminine qualities. Being able to stop and listen, being able to engage, being able to empathize, being able to um, to connect with people the way that women do, being able to share information the way that women do and talk about our health and talk about how we feel. Now, look, these are all things like it sounds crazy as I'm saying it. It sounds crazy because it's we're not used to these kind of things. We're not used to, you know, hearing men talk about their feelings and just even saying that sometimes sounds what soft, right? But I'm thinking that our boys could benefit from some of that and being more balanced in that area. I'm not saying we have to all be out here with traditional, traditionally feminine qualities because that, that's not fair and that's not accurate. What I'm saying is that what I'm seeing, when I go into schools every day, I'm seeing girls being girls and I'm seeing boys being boys and I'm seeing boys fail. And I'm seeing boys not able to interact in certain environments. And I'm seeing boys not able to uh, to connect and be in relationships. And I'm not talking about romantic relationships. I'm just saying not able to keep friends, not able to accept direction, not able to uh, speak up for themselves, not having confidence to do very basic things, not able to look at people in the eye when they talk to them. These are all traditionally feminine qualities because girls from a young age are taught to care about people. And to care about people, you have to engage with them, right? Boys are not taught to engage with people outside of physically engaging with people. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking that boys need to learn and to be taught how to emotionally engage with people and connect with people. It makes you a better leader. It makes you a better husband or boyfriend. It makes you a better student when you're able to engage with people and when you're able to engage with the information that's being shared with you, right? Um, now, I know, I think this is something that we could talk about for months and months and years and years to come on this podcast or in person or whatever, but I just want you to think about that. If you have a son or if you have a nephew or if you have a cousin in your life, think about how they are engaging with the people around them as young boys, as young males, as young men, 
right? Think about how they're connecting in that way. And then think about how that will help them or hamper them in their relationship 10 years from now, 20 years from now. What kind of father are they going to be if they have this sort of connection with people? What type of, what type of boyfriend uh, or husband are they going to be if they aren't able to understand where someone is coming from and truly empathize? That's all I'm saying. Um, so uh, thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. Um, I'd love to hear your comments. Leave a review on iTunes. Comment on SoundCloud. Uh, go to theideamanhood.com and, and tune in and let me know what you're thinking and feeling. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's keep the conversation going in the comments. And uh, we'll holler at y'all later. Peace out. Five mics. Blah.